This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show. Jay Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with Jay Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. This is the John Dockery Hour as we come to you live on a Saturday night, hour number two of the Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Good opening hour tonight, uh, Jay Doc. Finished up uh, 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 with Lisa Marie Dealey joining us, uh, giving good information uh, about the uh, voter turnout. Absolutely. Um, and it was I was surprised to hear the numbers that Lou put out there only 2,000 of the mail-in ballots returned nine days out from uh, Election Day. 2,000 out of, I think Lou said the number was sure. uh, 20,000. Anyway, I don't want to belabor it. Special thanks to Lisa for jumping Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And Lisa wanted us to uh, shout out John McNichol at the, uh, at the PA Convention Center for doing such a great job uh, You know, at the uh, at, in the November election. That was an unbelievable uh, you know, kind of happening down there, and he did great. And also, she wanted to thank the Philadelphia Building Trades uh, for, for also uh, for setting everything up at the uh, convention center. Um, obviously, it was a, an unbelievable team effort. Great way to transition into the John Doherty Hour. John Doherty joins us, as he always does. We're always live uh, on Saturday night, hour number two. Uh, what John Doherty? Doc, how are you, my friend? What's happening, guys? How we doing? All right. All good, Doc. I, uh, listening to that CBS News report at the top of the hour uh, when we came on, the Colonial Pipeline uh, shut down from what it looks like is a cyber attack. Uh, yeah, that's not, that's not ransomware. That's that, the, the new type of cr- crime we have out there. Mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, they, they set up these very, very complicated accounts. They hold you hostage. They scramble your information. They create all type of issues that could, you know, knock down security. For example, you know, uh, there's a specific, well, if you think back uh, to the fire we had at the refinery in Philadelphia, and that could have been unbelievably out of control if it wasn't for the unionized worker, okay, a woman who had worked there who went upstairs and hit a button put the water on and all the other things to help contain the explosion. Can you imagine if somebody locks that out and blows it up? Okay, you have you have my old neighborhood's gone. Yeah. Yeah, so what's amazing. Danger. That's the type of danger. Look, you know, the first person I briefed, my understanding, is the president. It has that type of complications. You know, it not only has 
you know, the normal, the, the things that the economists and all the media people like to say, oh, my God, what, how much is gas going to cost next week? But at the other end, there's life and, set, there's life and uh, uh, death issues with this, too. So, I mean, that, that's the type of stuff. And it just, again, puts an overemphasis on fossil fuels and safe ways. And, you know, I, I don't have any issue with transitioning into the new world. You know, I want climate control as much as anyone else. I just want us to be respectable and keep the educated people like the fitters and the boilermakers from Philadelphia working in these fossil fuel places until we can get that transition. And every day you see something like this occur, you realize what a skilled workforce who, you know, puts these place, these dangerous places in, you don't even know that they're there. They've been doing it for decades. And we've had maybe one fire, okay, after decades good unionized workers protecting us down in these fossil fuel and refineries. Hey, John, I want to get you to comment also in hour number one before, and we've got a big agenda, so I don't want to, I, I do want to get hey, into Joe, that Hey, Joe, I'm feeling agenda. good today. I got a lot of comments, man. I want to let you know, last week you caught me with a cold and in the middle of the draft. This week you got me all pumped up, ready to roll. Yeah, you sound you sound good, brother. Um, uh, I did want to get you to comment on in the uh, in the first hour uh, of the uh, show tonight. Um, Lou Ager was on uh, the show, uh, and he, and and he and he delivered some good news to us, which I'm sure you're well aware of. But I thought it was unbelievable. You know, 1,100 um, workers now at the shipyard. Uh, a lot more uh, workers to be hired. Um, and, and boy, it was just so nice to hear John, because, you know, I remember if it was maybe two or three years ago when, you know, when it was, it was 10 or it was 10 or 12 people. No, it was less than that. It was eight. Let me, let me tell you, and here's where we can't be completely shut down by politics. You know, it's funny. I joked, I started off by telling you, you know, more pumped up than I ready to roll. Got a comment on everything. One of the most frustrating things in the world is when people who have an opinion or should have an opinion who have the ability to influence public opinion or a political or, or a piece of legislation, and they don't have it, they keep quiet. Now, the one thing the Philadelphia Building Trades has done, we've never been paralyzed by politics. You know, if it wasn't for the Philadelphia Building Trades, and, you know, Lou has done a great job down there, you know, he, he, in the, he's been down there, I don't know, maybe the last 10 or 12 years as the head of the shipyard, which is a component of the building trades. Uh, Lou is an operator and engineer. He's a lawyer by trade. You know, he's a Democratic City Committee lawyer. Uh, and he knows that there were the initial, okay, opening in the Navy Yard, the Philadelphia Building Trades, and our good friend, State Representative Bill Keller, along with Matty Statmatakis, a name from the past, and Governor Ridge, were responsible, okay, for Coverta. Now, deep down inside, the people in the know probably wish it would have been Myers Worth instead of Coverta because we probably would have never had a break in shipbuilding like we had. So there was a shout-out to the you know, state former state rep who's now a consultant for the building trades, uh, Bill Keller, who had his finger on the pulse back then and still does. Uh, he was involved as well as Lou, but we took an entourage down to Washington, and we took some crap for it. People said, why would you go down? You know, why would you sit with the, the Trump White House? Why would you give them a win? 
okay, why would you take all them labor leaders down with you? And not once or twice or three times. Because that's not only my job as the head of Philadelphia Building Trades, okay, but that's my job as someone who is able to influence an opinion or a process for the good of this region. And them jobs, I'm telling you, would not have happened without our, you know, our uh, train rides to Washington, D.C., okay, to meet with some of the Trump people. And that's when that happened, you know, and, and there's a lot of things that can be done if you're able to, you know, leave your politics, you know, at the door when it comes to the good of the region. Or, you know, maybe, and I also get a kick out of these guys that, uh, that don't contribute to their political action funds, okay, don't want to participate in their COPE funds, don't come to the poll with the family, you know, and hide behind some social issue when their job's at stake. You know, so I am really happy to hear that. You know, everybody down there knows that, you know, there was a serious lot of lobbying effort. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on the, the gentleman's name who actually uh, uh, runs that out of D.C., or at least is the head of the, the metal trades out of D.C. But he had a very good relationship. So when we went down there with, you know, our team, and, and uh, uh, we had, uh, had, we talked about it on the air, he had already, you know, opened a door for us to come in and deliver a kill. And it was a high priority for this region. We we're going to build, you know, there were three contracts that were approved. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was somewhere in the vicinity of $600 million. And uh, that's good news. Yeah, it's great news, yep. John, you know, it's, I find it interesting, too. What, I, what is it like to be, you know, when, 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 somebody, when somebody has problems, uh, in, in our industry with, with, with our workforce, you're always, you know, number one on the list is the go-to person um, when, in a sense, lives are on the line. Um, we, Joe Krause and I had shows with Lou and a, a number of the individuals down there uh, during the really dark time. And, um, you know, your name was somebody that came up a lot. We're going to go see John Doherty. Um and, you know, is, what is that like? And, and is it pressure? Um, and at the same time, you know, you, you, you're able to deliver. Um, talk about that. Well, you, you don't always have, you know, complete successes. And I haven't been able to hit a home run every time up to the plate. But what we do is we don't stop. Okay. We don't stop to take bows. You know, as I told you, you know, there was a team of people involved. You know, when we went down there, there were professionals like Mike Oscar. There were congressional people who, who nobody's, you know, more of a Democrat and more of a Trump critic, okay, than Brendan Boyle. But anything that we needed, he was willing to work on infrastructure as well as shipbuilding for us. You know, and that's why I got a lot of respect for Brendan Boyle. I mean, look, you know, everybody knows, turn on a picture. You, You can't see Nancy Pelosi without him saying, and without him being 10 or 12 feet behind Okay, and there's some people, you know, beat him up over that, you know, but he is absolutely someone who has the best interest of the economy, and he's young enough to make a difference down the road for years to come, which is a big deal. So you need to be able to transcend politics. You need to be able to, you know, people who say, we have our own lobbyists. We took Mike Oscar with us. You know, Mike did such a good job, you know, opening doors, you know, and there were, there were other people in place, you know, uh, well, as as many uh, uh, Democrats 
You know, we have the former uh, mayor of Hazleton, the former congressman. Okay, Lou, he's, and he, he was instrumental in, you know, actually arranging the meeting. And uh, you have a ton of people that were involved. So they never stop. We have one issue after another, but we're never going to stop. We're never going to give up. We're never going to walk away. And people know that. People know that the Philadelphia Building Trades will be here. They were here before me, and they'll be here after me. Okay, but we have a great group of people. And when we went to D.C., we not only went with, you know, our political friends and our consultant friends, but we went with a group of young, talented people. You know, Stevie Pettit knows that industry in and out. He was in the room. Jimmy Snell couldn't have contributed more. John Bland, you know, and these were all guys at the time we were talking about refineries, but we were also talking about life after the refinery, and we were also talking about shipyard and the Navy Yard as we see it. And again, you heard us say there was some, we tried to juggle, you know, and, I, and we've had our, and again, I can tell you, spot on scenarios. And you're going to hear some of the same names, but there's a lot of frauds out there that run around beating their chest. Every time there's a ribbon cut in there, they are, or every time, you know, there's a strike, they're there. Okay. But that's not when you need them. Okay. For example, my good friend, Billy Hamilton, he's the international vice president of the Teamsters. He calls me on a, a Friday afternoon about one o'clock. I said, where are you at? He said, he's up, at, you know, in Delaware Avenue's office up in Northeast Philly. I said, I'll be right up. You know, I hopped in a car, had one of the guys with me to drive me up real quick. His remember, it's one, one thirty on a Friday afternoon. He says, listen, he said, we got a deal that just knocked on our door. We need like 25 acres to park cars. We already got a ton of people parking cars. We're moving cars out of Philadelphia. So we're sitting there, and I said to him, I said, listen, is there any chance, you know, with, I was sat on a Philadelphia regional board at the time. I said, we need, you see these Carvana-type atmospheres? I said, we need to find a truck a truckload of land where we can build these so we can put them up. He said, yeah. He said, John, they're great ideas. They're expensive, but we don't have time. He said, I need 25 acres. So the first two people I called, first person I called was Richie Labor, Richie Laser, who, of course, we, we talk about quite often, you know, deputy mayor of labor, but a close confidant of Mayor Kenny. Okay, that's number one. Number two, there's, um, we call state representative Bill Keller. He's got history here, the port, he knows a lot of people. We had to find a deal, and they had to get PIDC now. Billy Keller was doing his piece with the port. Richie was doing his piece with the city agencies. It was about 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. They finally got the deal done. They got some understandings. They did some roll calls, you know, some telecommunications. And next thing you know, the laborers are hiring another 30 guys at a decent wage and a decent benefit to pick the cars up that are being brought on ships, unload them, move them around. And that's the area where whenever you're coming over the Walt Whitman Bridge and you look down, on any given day you can see, like, all that open space. Mm-hmm. Well, go back and look another day. You can see, you know, 50,000 cars there. And that's what happens. And there, there wasn't time for any fanfare. There wasn't any time for ribbon cottons. It just was the ability to get things done. And that's what you're talking about. And when we went down to D.C., okay, you know, I always joke around. And, and Wayne Miller, okay, we, we were laughing back and forth. And uh, Wayne, who is one of the senior guys, and you guys, we've been talking about Wayne because of the All-Star Labor Classic sure. and the fact that he's just a very level-headed person. Well, he was there. He was talking about how good we represented the region, you know, and I was laughing. 
And I said to him, he said, I almost feel like I didn't need to come. I said, well, you needed to come because we would have lunch afterwards to celebrate if you're paying. You know, <laughs> and, and, and we ain't bought lunch. You know, awesome. and I have to tell you, it, it was a decent hamburger. It wasn't, more, it wasn't a McDonald's hamburger. It was one of the $15 burgers down in D.C., Ooh. you know. But, uh, but that's what you're talking about. And, for example, look, you know, you know, I heard Lou earlier, you know, talk about unemployment compensation. And I know all these people are upset. They can't get it. That's not the experience I have. We have a, a gentleman by the name of Brian Edis who was working for Local 98. He's now the new business representative for the Philadelphia Building Trades, concentrating more in the counties in Northeast Philly. Okay. Brian is a very good, very good neighborhood person, family man, activist. Okay. At this, Brian, when he was working for Local 98, and we hit the pandemic, there were some shutdowns, there were some refinery shutdowns, there were a whole bunch, and there was a whole bunch of people lined up for unemployment. Listen, my job is the building trades and Local 98 and any other worker that I can help in the process. But Brian developed relationships not only in Harrisburg, in this region, with lawyers, and across the bridge in Jersey. I think at one point we had about 2,000, okay, if I'm not mistaken, I know it was 1,000 right away, like 800 to 1,000 right away. And John Blance commented on the, you know, he actually gave Brian a shout-out one day on the radio, John. But Brian Edis developed a relationship with people inside, okay, the Wolf Administration, inside the unemployment office, inside the people across the bridge, okay, and it just, it wasn't a call to scream and say, hey, we didn't get it. It was a call to say, hey, listen, we got 22 claims today. We need to find out what the problem is. These people need their check. They're, they're raising a family of five. They need to get paid. We have to find a way to get this facilitated. And I remember there were like two or three that we just couldn't get done for some reason. And Brian was so frustrated. But it was like 2,000 claims of people who needed so. I know that there's a lot of difficulty out there, but, you know, I'm not saying that or we're contradicting anybody else. I'm just saying that our experience at the Philadelphia base building trades, okay, again, because not that other people don't care, but for us, it's just not a project. It's a way of life. Okay, for Brian, it was his job. And his job at that time during that month period or six-week period or three-month period, whatever it was, was to take care and get them 2,000 people their checks. Some, so, and some of them checks, remember, were three and four or five weeks. So, you know, so I, I just want to thank, and we had, good, we had good working relationships with, you know, labor and industry. We had good working relationships with the people that were involved with the unemployment compensation. It's not their fault that the machinery's been outdated by 100 years and nobody ever spent any money, okay, to update it. But that's, that's just another avenue where the Philadelphia Building Trades, you know, if you're with us, we're with you. And it's just not on the job site. You know, I've told you, nobody has done a better job, okay, than, than our team, okay, and the Chris Scheibombs and all the other employee assistance programs of all the unions and the Buddy Osbournes and all the other chaplains of all the other unions. Nobody has done a better job at protecting their own and anybody else we can get our hands on, okay, when it comes to opioid. I was talking to Kenny Snyder, who's a PR guy, who told me that this, the results that we have – should be documented across the country. Nobody did a better job with COVID than we did. Okay, nobody stayed working like we did. 
okay? Nobody had the issues when they did a car handle like we did. You know, you, you, you hear about, you hear about uh, you know, raid of my house and all that stuff, okay? We never really talked about it. I could care less about it because I know nothing happened. People don't understand that that was the byproduct of a seven-month incident, basically a labor dispute, a safety dispute, okay, where one guy went a little louder and a little over and got harassed for it for the next six months that wound up into an argument that someone turned into a federal crime. But that started with us protecting our own, okay? Not that he's a martyr or there were some things that happened, but that kid, the steward, okay, did his job and was harassed. And what made it a federal crime was he just happened to be related to me. Okay, but we don't blink. We don't. You're with us. We're with you. Being a member of the Philadelphia Building Trades gets you a way of life, just not a job. The John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Don't touch the dial. Back on the other side. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, John, I want to ask you about uh, your thoughts because I don't know how many people listening have the ability to stand up for what they believe in and then seven months later still have that same conviction. And I don't know if they understand that. It doesn't make it a bad thing, but it certainly shows what you're made of and what what it's all about. I don't know how many people can do that, but you can. Oh, listen, it's it's it's. I don't. I appreciate you guys saying that. I. This is what I do. I've never blinked. I've told people that my whole life. You know, I, 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 there are certain things. I had a little setback in life. I was had a baby at a young age. Okay, I, I, had, I had a little setback in life. I had a little. I had a bad. It was a drug, alcohol thing at 25. You know, took on a big union that had basically was bankrupt at 33. You know, and and you just keep moving. And again, anything that I, everything I do every day is not life and death. But when I come home, it is. Mm-hmm. With Silly's illness, it just put everything in proper perspective. Okay, so so I understand what's right, wrong, and indifferent. But I tell people all the time, look, you know, I make tons of mistakes. You know, and I've made some that, you know, make the front page of paper. Okay, but I get when you're in the position of power, for the one article where you do do something wrong, the other 99 are just sensationalized, sensationalized where people just don't want to help you or see the movement that you represent moving forward. And we have a very difficult environment in front of us. And we're going to have an opinion about everything, and we're going to have an effect on everything. And, you know, people cannot, you know, they must get it through their heads by now that we're part of the fabric of Philadelphia. You know, and it, it's just the way it is. It's a change in Philadelphia. 
You know, in fact, uh, almost everything about it's changing. John, um, I was talking yesterday to my dad's lawyer, and he said to me, I've never seen anything like this case in 35 to 40 years of practicing where as a union leader, they're just not here in his case. In other words, his appeal, they send us back one line, well, like one page answers, uh, they address anything. And I said, I said, what do you think when you're not on the phone with me? And they said, you know, it's an anti-union environment. And, um, but they've never seen anything like it in their entire lives. And they've been doing uh, law for that long. Why the target on labor? Why? Because we represent individuals collectively just so they have an opportunity at a fair wage. Um, the things that were said about my own father, I, I read them. I read them the other day because they want they, the lawyer needed a date. Um, absolutely unimaginable for a man who never told anybody to do anything wrong. Okay. Well, Joe, it's Joe. Let me let me jump in and help you out here. Okay. Because sure. I want you to understand something. It's very difficult when it's personal and it's your family and things like that. You know, I work with your dad. Okay. I've watched you dad represent people. Here's the, here's the thing that, that is insane. Okay, and I was talking to a very prominent lawyer myself yesterday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay? And we were talking basically about judges and things along them lines. And what I said to him was they, the power that they wield is just so amazing. And I'm not even sure why it. And I have a brother who's a judge. Okay, so... But what happens is you have someone, okay, someone, okay, who spent his whole life serving his country at war, coming home, working with his hands, coaching both his boys in baseball, basketball, football, driving tobaccos every time the baseball field needed to be smoothed out or new dirt, okay, involved with the, every Veterans Association, Okay, I can tell you point blank, I was brand new when we went in the multi-veteran center on Arch Street. Okay, it was loaded with people, and they didn't have any money for anything. In fact, I helped them get the bricks and mortar when I was the chairman of the Philadelphia Redevelopment Authority, and the people who asked me to help them at that time were city councilman Fran Rafferty, rest his soul, and your father. Okay. I can tell you that when it came time to do a couple churches or put lights in a baseball field, okay, it was your dad. So what happens in this world we live in, and no one on this, the other end of these calls will ever say, and I hope everybody stays on, and I don't want people swallowing hard on their salad. I don't want people who might be listening, you know, at, 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 in a cocktail someplace to say, oh, look, they're just taking care of each other. Absolutely not. Okay, what happens is you can go through life, and in today's world, okay, you can take seven words out of a phone conversation and apply it to almost anything you want. Okay, if you read that thing with my nephew, what he did was completely okay. The way that it was handled was wrong. I'm not saying the allegations against them are terrible for a 20-minute situation that occurs every day. 
you're talking about an altercation on a job site that less than two weeks later, we had a worse one up on Broad Street between two carpenters and an electrician. We're not making a federal crime out of that. So the point is that people like your father, okay, who had more input than most people realize because he was responsible for not only the steel, but a lot of the basic trades, getting on a job early. Okay, so where does this come into play? Where does it, the fact that he might make them use American-made products, which has a big cost of things right off the bat, so he might make them use American-made steel. And then he might make them use most of the guys that you worked with that he represented were a lot of veterans and a lot of veterans of color. Okay, so he would represent that. He would put people in a job that got paid a fair wage. And you knew the building was going to be safe. There's, I laugh. There's buildings all over the East Coast that are off by a half a foot. You and I both know you'll never find a union piece of steel that's off an inch. Mm-hmm. You know, if something's off a half foot and we have some of these climate issues that we're having and we get some of the shakers and, and, and late uh, tremors that they're getting on the West Coast, these buildings go down first. Okay, so your dad's responsible for that. But at the end of the day, when you take everything that happens by a union contract, yeah, if you, if you use the right product, you do the jobs by code, you pay a fair wage, you pay a benefit, you pay your taxes, yes, hear me, you pay your taxes, okay? It could cost a specific job, five, six, seven, eight million, or it could cost a developer 40 million. So, of course... It, it, we always get we always get critiques for hosting fundraisers and and having political apparatuses. Take a look at the big guys. Take a look at the big courts. Oh yeah. Okay. So look, somebody said to me, absolutely. I said I will tell you that every time I got in the middle of Comcast's fifteen year renewal, I drew scrutiny. That's not by coincidence. That's not by coincidence. You guys know the specifics? You've heard the stories before? You heard that the inside lead counsel married to the acting U.S. attorney? Okay, come on, stop. Let's wake up and realize. And then we get in front of somebody who says, oh, my God, these are bad guys. And they take the rest of your father's life away. It's absolutely disgusting. And that's one of the reasons why I get picked up all the time. And every time I talk about this, I have friends, legal guys say, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. Because every time I talk about it, I get my hump busted again next week. I'll be calling to find out what I spent money on this weekend. Okay? Yet, if you call the federal government, nobody has done a better job than we have with opioids. Nobody has done a better job of what we've done with COVID. Nobody has done a better job of protecting our people, like collecting their unemployment comp, getting their checks, and when they don't get it, helping them survive with things like supplemental employment benefits and things like that we provide. So I told you I was loaded for bad tonight, okay? And, I'm, and, and again, our fingerprints are all over the Commonwealth and the city opening up because I've talked about the hospitality industry. You know how many people know that today we had the Dale Vale Regatta on the Schuylkill? That's normally a gigantic thing. We would have been on the phone talking about how you can't go drive around the river, it, the traffic's terrible, oh, there's tons of people all over. Every and I live in East Falls, John, so you know I would have yeah. been saying that. 
they're right. missing every single restaurant in East Falls, along the river, and in the center city would have been loaded tonight with college families enjoying the best of Philadelphia. So it's time to open it up. You know, I told the governor and, and I lobbied on behalf of this region. I've had a serious conversation with our mayor in the last 48 hours. You know, I was just looking at the Philadelphia Convention and Visitor Bureau and Pennsylvania Convention Center's annual report that just came out. Okay, and, and if you don't mind, I'm going to steal a line or two from it. Okay, the opening line from the message from leadership, which is Nick D. Benedictus and Greg Karen, Greg Fox and John McNichol, guys that have been involved in the industry, which, again, they had a lot to do with right before this pandemic, a very highly respected magazine and entity named as Condé Nest Traveler. It's a big magazine. It's a big website. It's everything. Okay. They said that we were in the top seven or eight places in the world to visit, but we were in the top three places to visit in America because of our restaurants, our emerging neighborhoods, our cleanliness, our, our new hotels coming online. You know, we got tons of new hotels coming online, and they're all beautiful. You know, we got that place, the Canopy, down in on East Market Street. Well, you got to check that out. It's right inside the complex that was, you know, uh, IBEW pension funded. But if you take a look, okay, here's what they say. The COVID-19 pandemic and the racial and social justice movement have not only defined this year, but have changed us and business forever. Okay? So then it talks about how the devastating tourism, and they're saying that they had 76,000 jobs. Now, my understanding, with all of us in play, it's about 90,000 jobs that are standing on the sideline. Okay? It's a ton of things. And then they're saying there's no question that we can recover. We just have to get to it. Now, I've been lobbying the mayor, and there's, he's done a nice job of keeping us safe. Okay? You, you'd be shocked. You know, <laughs> Joe, we don't time tonight, but I did some serious polling, like 117 pages in partnership with one of, uh, one of the funds with some of the other labor leaders. We did 117 pages of, uh, of uh, polling, not only the DA's races, but all the races around. Okay? But we did. What did people feel? about the mayor, city council, and people like that at this time. You know, maybe next week we'll talk about it, you know, or maybe the week after when the election's done. But it'll be interesting to see what people in specific neighborhoods feel like and then what, and then, you know, especially from, you know, the racial divides and the economic divides and the age divides and really interesting. You'd be surprised. It'll give you, okay, a more, uh, a, a more detailed understanding of where your city's going. But it's a hospitality-driven city, okay? And everybody here says it. I mean, I'm looking at these reports, and I'm looking at, you know, all the agencies involved, okay? And they're talking about they've seen a 78% decline, okay? They lost, in the first two weeks, they lost 600 large group business. They lost $3.2 million, billion in, like, six weeks. So, you know, we got, we got to open the place up. You know, the, the, the governor has been great. We've got to put people back in these restaurants. And people have to be responsible. You know, you, you, you have to understand, you know, not everybody is going to abide by the six-foot wall. Okay, you don't have to punch somebody in the nose, okay, because they're too close to you. Say, nicely, excuse yourself. Come on, move over to your seat. If you're vaccinated, it gives you a distinct advantage. Go get vaccinated, okay? Again, I, I speak from someone who's had COVID. 
It's a terrible, terrible feeling. I told you, I still have, I, I, I call it that, you know, that COVID fatigue. And I, 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 I sit down occasionally just not out. I never did that. Right. You yeah, know? So you've got to get vaccinated. we got to get back out there. Could you imagine we have a, hey, Joe, and I know you, you, you're you a sports junkie, okay? The Dale, Bad Dale today. Now, they, they some of the people made some comments. They were saying, well, it was back in the old days. It was just boats in the water. Okay, that's great. But can you imagine the Sixers finally are going to be the number one, you know, position team in the East where home court advantage, especially our home court advantage, but it took us all the way to the finals. We yeah, need to put sure. people in the stadiums. Yeah. The Flyers, they bring up the kid Cam York, great young defenseman, number one pick. I watched him at, at the uh, – the, uh, the uh, amateurs from Canada was playing the USA. He was the best player on the ice. One of the smallest, the best player. Could you imagine people come down and see him and fall in love with him? They'd be talking about him all the way till next season. The Phillies. Now, we're still, we're still a couple sweeps away from being in first place. You know, Wheeler's definitely a number one. I'll tell you what, there's not too many teams that have better one and two pitchers than Wheeler and Nola. Okay, you take a look at that. And then you take a look at, you know, the Eagles come off a draft. You know, everybody, I, I, I read something in one of the papers today, and um, they said after the consensus, you know, doing a consensus of all the pundits and all the talking heads about who did what, they still gave the Eagles a B-plus. But that's, you know, I mean, if the people in the know think they had a B-plus, then let's hope they had a B-plus. Yeah. And let's hope that we, you know. And what, what's great about it, too, is, John, and I, you know. Jay Doc, let me get to, can, can I ask you to hold your thought? Let me get to a yeah, quick break. Right. Let, let me get uh, to a quick sure. break. Uh, you'll come, we'll start with you on the other side. Uh, this is the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Really, really good stuff tonight from John Doherty. It's the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Jay Doc, I know you want to get into our final conversation about what is really, really important, uh, Mother's Day being tomorrow. So uh, I do want to transition to you to do that with John. Uh, John, I do want to let you know uh, for future, uh, whenever you're coming loaded for bear, uh, shoot me a text, brother. I'll immediately go to commercial free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, so and before we – so I do want to – I want to shout out Frank Keel, number one. I want to thank him for um, helping us prepare every week, man. He puts together a nice layout and – we really appreciate that. You don't follow it, J-Doc, but he puts together a nice layout. That's why you're giving oh, 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 him a shout-out. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, it, it's awesome. I'm I mean, kidding. it's unbelievable. No, I'm just he, I mean, he literally helps produce the show, um, you know, big time. So having said that, John, um, and I was just going to say there was an air of optimism in the city when, when our sports teams were doing great. And I know you get excited about that. Um, but also tomorrow's a, a big day, and, you know, I like to shout-out the women of labor and of course, um, it's it's Mother's Day, and you know, given and I know it's a, that's a big day, and, and and it's always been an important day to you. Um, so, want to wish every all the women out there a a, a happy Mother's Day, all the mothers, uh, especially of our our our, our um, women and men in in, in labor. They do uh, a great job for us, and we really appreciate them. Well, it's funny you mentioned Frank Hill, and I will skip Frank this week and talk about his mom. Okay, his mom, Doris Keel, okay, had 
whole family of big guys. You know, the kids are big. Her husband was big. And she's just a small, sweet woman. She sends me a card every week that says for four years, it says, hang in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of them are funny. Some of them are holy. Some of them are really about that week or two. So I just want to give her a shout out. And I hope Frank's listening and he tells his mom that she has no idea that I don't even have to open the envelope up. She makes me smile just when I get the card in the mail. Number one. Number two, I've said my whole life, I'm a mommy's boy. Always have been. Miss my mom tremendously. I think I said a week or two ago when we were talking about Easter, and I said it. I knew it was Lent because my mom would go to Mass, you know, all week, and she would stop at the bakery. And, uh, you know, and at the time we had, we, we were just, you know, we were not even working the state middle class. We were just working to stay, my mom and dad were working to stay poor. But my mom would stop at the bakery, get them snowflake rolls, and me and Kevin, William was little, uh, me and Kevin would wake up, come downstairs. I told you I have a little oatmeal and an egg sandwich on a uh, snowflake roll. I mean, every single day. And I, and I think about it as I got older. I couldn't understand. I was saying, man, how can this woman, you know, raise three kids, you know, work a little bit, you know, do our homework with us, stay up all night, you know, and iron our clothes and match our clothes and you know, get our school bags set up and then still go to mass every day. And then I realized, you know, it's that little part. It was that, that mommy part that, you know, her upbringing, you know, in our case, you know, that her family were all Irish off the boat, you know, and there was tons of them. And most of my dad's family were all Irish off the boat, you know, maybe second generation, a couple. And that was that Catholic thing. But it was an emphasis on family. Okay. And in most Irish Catholic families, the mommy's a boss. Hmm. You know, and I was lucky enough that you heard me say earlier, I had a baby at a young age. We had Silly myself had our when we were you know, Silly was just in the back end of her gray uniform. Okay. I mean hmm. she's a kid. Right? So and um and you know we always joke about, you know, Hallahan kids and you know, like our mutual friend Paul Kelly. Yeah. And Judy and he did the same thing. You know, you know, he sure. had got married. You know, Judy was his girlfriend forever, right from Halloween. Sure, and, sure. Uh, so uh, we were talking about that, and I was lucky enough when I had the baby. I left home. I moved in with Silly. You know, we didn't have, we didn't move into an apartment. We were lucky enough that they had room, and I moved in with them, and we stayed there for a little bit. You know, so I was lucky enough to go from my mom, who was Mary Teresa, to Silly's mom, who was Silly. And and then, you know, of course, and then I moved in, and then Silly basically was, you know, a byproduct of both of the parents. And so I never really have been without a female presence in my life, a motherly presence in my life. And uh, I don't know if I could live without it. You know, and I, again, I just want to thank all the moms out there that sometimes it might look like we don't thank, we're not thankful, we're not paying attention. But I want to tell you, I talk about it all the time. And the stories I just said, I hear from everyone. You know, so just be sure, anybody listening that has a mom, you know, I don't, you know, or lucky enough to still have your mom or really lucky enough to have your grandmom, just call them and tell them. You know, you don't want it to be too late. Just tell them how much they, they molded your life, how much they, you know, the way that they raised you have been basically what you do to raise your own children. You know, and in today's world, there's not enough moms out there, and there's most definitely not enough old-fashioned moms out there. 
you know, and look, I, I get it. I get today's world, you know, it's a, um, we joke, it's actually politics has become a woman's world. You know, this new, uh, you know, socially sensitive has women are right at the top of all, all the arguments. I get it. But there's nothing wrong with stopping at the bakery and picking up snowflake rolls and making egg sandwiches for your family after you did their clothes and everything. And I really appreciate it. And every single thing I have today is based on what my mom did for me. Okay? I love my dad, but he didn't have the same drive as my mom. Okay? My mom wanted me to go to school. My mom was willing to work three jobs to send me to the high school I went to. My mom couldn't wait, okay, to make sure that, you know, I was successful at anything I did. And, again, that's, that's what we need. And, that's you know, and, and, again, anything out there, anybody out there who, who has a chance to kiss their mom goodnight tonight, make sure you do it. Absolutely, John. I remember, I didn't get the pleasure to meet your mother. Two minutes, Gina. But I was at her viewing, and it said everything about her. I waited in that line for about two and a half hours. And, uh, you know, people were telling stories and all those things. And, you know, people don't realize, I think that, you know, the labor movement and, and you know, being a, a construction worker and iron worker as I was, um, we're out there working for our families, um, and that's that's really what it's all about. Uh, well, it's and, funny, you know. You, hey, Joe, just if you don't mind, you sure, know, and say, uh, you know, I say it's about Kevin. And you, absolutely not, you know. And you know, and Michael Shabakanish put in his book that you know the the wildest one of the wildest stories ever told, and it was his book of stories was my mom's viewing because of the line, and in some cases, it basically had a full crowd for nine hours. It wasn't about us. It wasn't about my dad. It wasn't about me, Kevin, Wayne. It's about my mom. My mom was nice to everyone. The mayor will tell you. I mean, he had a special relationship with my mom. And he'll tell you, if you got him on the phone, he'll tell you that she never saw a kid that she didn't want, didn't want to help. And that's awesome. what she did with everybody in the neighborhood. Happy Mother's Day. You know Day. that. That's how your dad was. Absolutely. The John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Doc, great stuff tonight, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate what you do, too. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. That's going to bring the John Doherty Hour to an end. That's going to end the Labor Show with John Doherty on this Saturday night. On behalf of J-Doc, on behalf of Phil, wish all the mothers around the Philadelphia region happy Mother's Day. See you next time, everybody. of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSCME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.